Hey, good evening. Welcome to the 12th Man Podcast, the sadly end of season podcast. Actually, cut it, I'm saying that, but um, hey, ho. Um, but it's going to be a good one. We'll make it a good one. We'll put some smiles on your faces. Uh, you got me, Steve Jackson, now in the main chair, as usual. Got Mr. John Donovan with me. Uh, evening, JD. Now then, Steve, now then, lads, you okay? Doing good, doing good. Uh, got Mr. John Cutler, as always. Evening, John. Hi, gentlemen. How are we doing? Right. And a special guest. This is a special guest, this one. Um, a man that we've, we've been asking for for a long time, former Borough midfielder. Um, and BBC T's analyst, Mr. Neil Madison. Evening, Maddo. Good evening, lads. You okay? We're doing good. We're yeah, doing good. good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for popping on. And um, I know I know Shad's give you some uh, grief to pop on. So, um, uh, uh, she did. A massive thanks. <laughs> she's, um, a pain in the, she's a pain in the backside, man. <laughs> <laughs> She'll love you for saying that as well. Uh, but um, no, no, I really do appreciate you coming on. Obviously, um, you've you've done what we've done all season. You've been in, you know up and down motorways, in and out motorway calves and all sorts, following this team. So you've seen what we've seen. You just you you obviously you do what you you can do it as a job, which is probably the best job in the world. To be fair, so um, yeah, looking forward to hearing your, your thoughts on the uh, the season that's just gone. But. Um, mm-hmm. Right, before I start, we're all, we're all doing okay? We're all all right? Yeah, yeah. all good. Oh, are we coming after Saturday, John? Just about. Saturday <laughs> <laughs> was a really good trip. Um, <clears throat> we lost you, JD. I don't know when we lost you, but we lost you somewhere. But, uh, yeah, it was a good trip Saturday, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean... Um... Early start so that we could get our breakfast sorted out and a few beers. But uh, yeah, cracking trip. Um, just a, a pity that the 90 minutes um, in the middle of it all uh, didn't go our way. Yeah, it did sour it a little bit. Um, I mean, it'll kill me if I don't say this. I want to give a massive shout out to our, <laughs> our regular driver, um, Big Jason. He's um, doing a cracking job this year, hasn't he? He's been spot on, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he's took some he's took some stick off us lads. Um but yeah, he's done it everything we've asked for, everything we wanted, you know. So um I, I appreciate everything he does, him and the other drivers that have been with us on the two man trips. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's been a spot on there. So just while we're just while we're talking about that, John, we all appreciate what you do for us as well, Paul. No, good, good. I mean, I, I've been running buses to the away matches for many years now uh, and what I always say is like it's it's for all Borough fans to enjoy themselves you know I make sure that we we get into a, a, a nice pub before the game one that's safe because obviously there's there's kids on board there's there's women on board so we can't take any chances with the pubs that we visit um, and yeah the, the coach company that we use look after as well so I enjoy doing it. I must admit, um, it, it just gives it just gives Borough fans a, a, a safe, comfortable, cheap um, way of getting to the game. Exactly, and uh, yeah, I like what John said as well. TJ, you did a cracking job this year. We're all counting down already. Uh, Twelve weeks and uh, counting. Oh, yeah, yeah. End, end of July. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. We'll soon be back on the road again. To say I'm very much looking forward to every step of the way, so it should be good. Um, but um, Neil, I'll come to you. Um, I say, what did you make of Saturday's? Um, I want to call it a game, but it wasn't a game. It was an absolute mismatch, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, I think um, you know I, I like to watch the warm ups. I thought we were nice and sharp in the warm ups. They were as well. Um, I thought we started brightly. I thought the first five minutes we started brightly on the front foot, got into some good positions. And then after that, we sort of fell away a little bit. And, you know, I mean, going in a half time, getting beat, you know, you're, you're I say, scratching your head. You're trying to think how you're going to turn things around. Unfortunately, you know, if Tav gets that goal and you're thinking, go on, you know, keep it nice and tight, keep it, you know, try and, try and get another one and, 
as I said, you, you just mentioned it, the fans were absolutely ridiculously good and you're just hoping that we can get an equaliser and come from there. But it just wasn't the case. They were the better side. They deserved the victory. And it was a sad way to end the season because even though the results went against us, it still would have been nice to get a positive result for the fans that travel. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it would have been good to get that, that result. Obviously, <clears throat> you know, we did our bit, but then... I don't know if I'd have been more annoyed because I saw Lewin's goal and I just thought, oh no. If we'd have been done by a keeper rolling it on the floor and uh, Harry Carnett running around him, yeah. I'd have been really angry. But um, no, no, you're absolutely right. To say. Obviously, you say about the fans there, you know, what did you make of the fans on Saturday? I say we were, obviously, us three were part of the, the travelling uh, army behind the goal. I thought we were absolutely. I mean, we've been good all season, but I thought Saturday we were absolutely spot on. Ah, just, just the full stand full of red and white. It was something to see. It was special. We were obviously to the uh, left. Of, we were the you, you lot were the left of us, but we had about fifty butter fans in front of us. I mean, the corporate seats were slightly in front of us, and there was a few butter fans that you know took them seats up as well. And I think uh, when the fourth call went in. I think that was enough. They'd seen enough and they walked out. But uh, now the fans were, you're right, the fans all season have been absolutely brilliant. But Saturday, I must admit, I mean, I was blown away by the support and the way they were all the way through the game. It said that was something that was echoed from <clears throat> opposition fans as well, wasn't it? Because there's been a lot of yeah. operation from the, the Preston fans, obviously. The videos we were all seeing the sweet colour eye before the uh, the kickoff. Um, it was it was weird seeing the full stand full before kickoff. You say you have a few um, in, in the bar still, but they say we got massive praise from the uh, the press and that as well, didn't we? Yeah, I seen it on Twitter. Um, lots of fans coming on saying, you know, best fans by far the company press in North End. You know, and it's nice to hear that as well. You know, sometimes fans go there and they have their good day, but some misbehave, you know, some get into trouble. But I thought the Borough fans were immaculate on Saturday. They enjoyed their day, even though the result never went our way. But they were they sang all the way through the game. And I thought I thought it was special as well at the end. I think the players understood that they hadn't performed and to come over and and see the fans and you know, just to to applause and they had to do that. I think they had to do that, but it was it was nice to see, and it was nice to see the fans give something back as well, even though the result was a was a poor one. Yeah, I say, <clears> the, the best part for me, I see when you saw obviously all the, the collective, you know, applauding the fans because a lot of the fans stayed. I know there was a few that, that <clears> got themselves away and uh, tried to obviously beat the traffic. I know their fans stayed behind for their Player of the Season awards, whatever they had after. But Chris Wilder stood there by himself, didn't he? And he just looked over the whole stand. It was like he was taking it in, like he was it was really absorbing what he's got in front of him now, you know, that we are always going to be behind him, no matter what he's, you know, whatever task he's got. And I think he's starting to realise how, how big of a club this could be for him. Definitely, I think it's a great fit. Um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to, to watch him train, how they go about things. It's not just Chris Wilder, it's a team that he has around him. It's all professional. Obviously, uh, Kim and Scott coming into the football club as well. You know, the, the recruitment now is it's ticking over now and it's starting to, you know, it's starting the racing forward to get players in for next season. And, um, you know, it had already started before that game anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, that we're obviously in the return list and I think there was no surprises, but there'll be players under contract that possibly they might want to sell and, and and possibly bring some money in to just bolster the squad. Because you know, I think if you look at the squad now, I think there may be 10 or 12 players left in contract and the rest of loans are out. The ones that have left are out. So it's a big rebuild. And as I said before, it's, it started already. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right to say the uh, return list came out yesterday. There wasn't, wasn't too many shots on there for me. But, um, you know, I mean, you cried as much as I did when you saw Sol's video. I mean, Sol is, uh, is a top lad. And I mean that. He's a top lad. He comes in every day with a smile on his face. He shakes people's hands. You know, he's so courteous. And he's a real presence around the place. 
Um, I, I think he knew that this was the end. I mean, he's 37 now, and whether he st- whether he gets it, whether he wants to be in football, I think he will be in some part. Whether he goes signs for a club, whether the media side excites him, I, I think there'll be people queuing up to take him regarding the media. You know, the, obviously Sky Sports and people like that and and, and obviously doing games. I, I think he could go down that route or he might think, you know what, I fancy another season. So someone might take him up. But yeah, I, I wish him all the best. He is one top guy. And I, I, there's not many people that, have, that touch people's hearts. And Sol has definitely been one of them. George Friend, possibly, you know, was definitely another one. I think George had a great report with the fans, but... Saul's journey and where he's, where he's come from to where he's at now. I mean, I watched his goal against Man United, the penalty. I've seen that on Twitter today. and I, I, I mean, he just steps up. He's got his hands on his hips and he's saying, come on then, the referee, if you watch it, the referee's having a look at the keeper and telling him to get back on his line. And he's just stood there and he just steps up. I mean, bang, bottom corner. He just walks away and I thought, I mean, that was special. It was a great penalty because I was a bit nervous when he walked up to take that, by the way. <laughs> but I mean, he just slotted it away. And, and, and I'm certain that moment will live with him as well. But yeah, I mean, he'll be welcome back to this football club anytime, no doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> we'll, 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 we'll further that as well and say those fans absolutely love him. And we, we all took him in straight away. And he's, he's an absolute inspiration for us. But um, yeah. Um, before I go into the season, obviously, I'll start with you, Maddle. Who was your man of the match on Saturday? Play the season or man of the match? Man of the match on Saturday itself. I, I never give one. You never give one? I, I, no, I couldn't, I couldn't give one. If I was going to give anyone, it'd probably be Johnny Housen because I thought he kept on going all the way through the match, especially in the first half. But um, I think when you get beat like that, I just... I just, I just couldn't. I was sick as anything, and it just, I just felt now. Nah, I could, I couldn't give one. Were you two <clears> boys <throat> the same, JD? <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't think I could pick out, um, pick out anybody uh, in particular. You know, I thought tabbed well. You know, obviously the the goal, the goal got <laughs> us back in it just after half time, and you know, I, I, I spoke at half time when I was having a pint. As you said, get an early goal and you never know what, what might happen. And we got that early goal and we were all a little bit hopeful. But then obviously they got the third when um, McGree was dispossessed and yeah, a, bit, a little bit like uh, like Preston's second goal. You know, we had the ball in our control and they robbed us of it. And, uh, you know, when um, when Reese scored from Fry's deflection, um, you know, there was a there was a an opportunity there when Tab scored for us to get back into it. But it wasn't a B. We came up short on the day, just like we came up short um, over 46 games. But you know what? We spoke last week about Preston. Um, they were in with um, a shout for the playoffs only up until recently. So they are a good side. Um, pressure off them. And they played really well on the day. Um, it wasn't a B for us. So disappointing, but by and large, this season's been decent, been okay. Yeah, John, I'll come to you. Oh, I'm the same as the other lads. I don't think anyone particularly stood out. Uh, decent goal to be fair, but uh, other than that, I think he was have covered what what needs to be said. Yeah, I'll echo that. I was, uh, if I was going to give any, any, any admiration, it'd probably be to the fans. To say to be four one down, eighty minutes in, and to be to be singing like we were. Uh, it takes some bollocks up and, and you know, take some pride. And uh, I, was, I was very privileged and proud to be part of that on Saturday. I really was. And um, yeah, it was, it was, in a way, it was a good way to end the season. In a way, it wasn't, obviously, because of the result. But um, fans wise, I thought the fans were absolutely superb. But yeah. For the, for, for the lads who were going to stay in next season, hearing our fans like that, when we're getting battered away from home, we're going to miss out on the playoffs. Imagine Wilder, I got them in that dressing room and probably said something. Imagine, lads, next year, if we're in the playoffs or if we get in the top two, imagine what these fans are going to be like. I don't think players or managers know how passionate our fans are until they come to the club. And they found it, they've seen it on Saturday, so... 
it, it's just shown, hasn't it, what's recently been published on social media um, where we've taken, on average, the most fans to um, away games in the AFL. Um, and considering how far north we are, you know, and, and, and the miles we cover, and the fact that we're not a city, we're only a, a, a medium-sized town, I think it's fantastic support, absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, it... Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, I've been going many, many years now. We've always had good away support, even even through the the, the tough times. We're a good bunch of fans. Exactly. It's, it's been, yeah, we, we, we have got, I, I say it every week, and, you know, I'll keep saying it, and the facts and figures obviously back it up now. We've got the best fans in this league and possibly in this country. And um, to travel up and down the country every week, with him is uh, is such a privilege and uh, and uh, fills me with pride and I absolutely love it and I wouldn't swap it for anything in the world. So um, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. But I'll go back to August. Obviously, I'll come here for you first, Maddell. Before I talk about August, you were in the stadiums last season when obviously we were only there for one game for Bournemouth, and uh, I know you missed quite a few because obviously. Um, Restrictions would let you travel to some of them. You had to do some of the commentary back in in, uh, in Middlesbrough. What was it like in empty stadiums watching the Borough? Was it a bit weird, like it was for us watching it all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you're watching the game. No cries, no shouts. It was just you could hear the players, you could hear the management team. That was it. It was. It was empty. There was no. There was no. There was no atmosphere to get the players going as well. I love, you know, you can ask any player to walk out of that stadium and to see the fans, especially your fans as well, when you're walking away from home and to see your fans, it gives you that little bit of extra push, you know, that extra drive. And you, you, I always just say, come on, we can't let these down, you know. And, and yeah, to walk into a stadium empty and with the, with, with the restrictions... Uh, it was it was it was tough. It was tough to commentate on. It was tough to get you going because the fans sort of get you going. I'll go back to the Blackpool game, the and obviously the uh, Tottenham game. I mean, the fans generate your sort of, you know, yeah. your persona, the way you are with the game, and to have no fans in there, it was really hard. Is that what made you shout Wallop? So loud when Josh Coleman started. <laughs> ah, you know what? I mean, I've said it a few times, but <laughs> it just come out and I just saw it because it deserved it. <laughs> you know, because I mean, that was probably the best atmosphere. And I and I remember the Brighton game where we got promoted. I actually think the Tottenham game was better than that. For some reason, it was just it was a special moment. And and you know what? On the day, I thought we were excellent. You know, Spurs, you know, when you when you play in these sides, I think Man United first half, they could have had three or four. And we, you know, we roared our luck. Second half, we grew into it. And in the extra time, we were the better side by far. But against Spurs, I thought we matched them for long periods. And especially in the, into the extra time, I just thought we stood out massively, you know, and, and, and we competed against very good sides. So when that goal went in, oh, yeah. I mean, that was going to get... It just come out... The way it did, and I never planned it. It was there, and yeah. And I went back into work, and everyone just kept on shouting "wallop" to me, and <laughs> and that was it. But yeah, fantastic moment. Yeah, it was. Um, obviously, obviously, we obviously <coughs> hear it live, being obviously part of that that crowd that night. And to be fair, when you were shouting "wallop," I was probably sat in my seat crying my eyes out. So you know, I wasn't worried too much about it. But um, <laughs> no, it was. It, I heard it back, and I was obviously on my way home from the game. I thought, you know what, that that but that just about sums up because I think Colburn just got that ball and thought, you know what, I'm going to as hard as I can, as low as I can, and he's not saving this. And he just, it was like you said, it was just one of those special nights at the Riverside. It was absolutely amazing. Um, absolutely loved every moment of it as well. But but so compared to obviously COVID times, you could you then go to Craven Cottage like we did in August. You go, you come out onto the gantry. You obviously watches, watches play first game of the season, and you see a full away end behind the goal. Um, 
what did you know? How did that make you feel? I wanted to get amongst it. You know, I was lucky enough for Blackpool to be amongst it, and it's it's quite special. Sometimes when you're doing the commentary, you you sat up high, and you see things that other people don't see because you see the full picture. You know, the fans are possibly lower than you are, but you, I, I tend to. I'm not really sometimes looking at the ball. I'm looking at other men because they should be travelling with the ball. And do you, do you know what I mean? And I just think at times when you're level with the fans, you see what the fans see. So Craven Cottage was, especially I think when we brought Isaiah on, I thought he lit up, thought he did really well. And we, and we get that equaliser. It's just to have a full stadium, you know, pretty much a full stadium, uh, to having to being in COVID times, uh, it was just something to look forward to. Really was, and and the moment that that ball of goal, uh, well, the shot hit the net. But obviously, this this fifteen hundred was going absolutely barmy. Um, shock horror! I was in tears again. Obviously, first goal back from after eighteen months. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't keep this in much longer. You must have felt exactly the same emotions as what we did. We do. We, we go through the same emotions, even though we're, we're commentating on the game. I think we're all supporters. We all want the team to do well. You know, I, I might be a little bit biased at times, but I've been in their shoes and I know what it's like. And, you know, I think sometimes, uh, you know, you, you you feel like you're part of the team. And, and, and I think the fans will because you, you, you're on a journey together and you, you're desperate for your team to do well. You know, when things, when they come up short, you know, I, I've always said this, we'll always be honest. And I think we are honest. And, you know, I think we've got a lot of praise from other fans saying our honesty, and especially in COVID times, because they'd listen to our commentary there. Radio lads couldn't come. And you obviously you listen to the away commentary. And I, I think sometimes we've got a little bit of stick off the Borough fans. I think it was the Brentford game uh, when Brentford got promote, uh, promoted. And they battered us at uh, the Riverside. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, even though the batters, I quite enjoyed the way they played. And, you know, because that's what I do. I, I think you're watching football, you sit back, and even though your team have just been battered by a, a very good football inside, sometimes I think you sit back and look at the bigger picture and say, you know what, they were decent then. And I quite enjoyed it. And we, I think their fans were quite appreciative of, of the way we commented because there was no sort of bias moments, you know what I mean? Oh, these are useless you know, we should be beating these. We were just honest about the performance and that's that's where we'll always be. I think some Borough fans at times don't like that and some and, and some fans do, but I think honesty is is massively important when you're doing the commentary. You see how it is. So can I just ask, uh, Neil, have any of your comments um, <clears throat> upset anybody at the club? Um, In the early days, yeah. In the early days, I think I said something that um, I, I, I look back now, I won't tell you what it was, but I look back now and I said, you know what, they've got a point there. And I think sometimes, yeah, in the position I'm in, I, I must admit, I've got to be careful what I say, but I'll always say how it is. I might not say how the fans want to say it, with the, you know, the effing and blind and like, you know, that you get on Twitter and stuff like that. But I'll tell you now, if we're not good enough, I'll always say we're not good enough. Just this like Saturday, for instance, you know, never turned up, weren't good enough, the better team won. Um, I don't like, I must admit, I do not like having a goal place. I think it's a team game and all players, if they're honest, they'll know if they've, if they've done well and they'll know if they haven't done well and it doesn't need me to tell them that they haven't done well. The fans can have their say. The fans can say, yes, absolutely, it's the same, hasn't been good enough. But I, I, I like to think it's a team game and you, you're in it as a team and you win games as a team and you lose games as a team. Yes, you've got your players, the exercise players that can change games and score goals and they'll probably get the plaudits. But for me, you know, you, you play as a team, you win as a team and you lose as a team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right to say that. That's how, that's how I, I see this club. You know, we, we fight as one, we die as one, and um, they say we'll always we always stick together no matter what. So, and uh, they say you're right to say some of the comments. Obviously, you know, you've seen the amount of questions I've had the past couple of days. You know, people 
listen to what you say on the radio and you know why aren't you why aren't you saying that a bit more why why are you saying this and what one thing one person did ask obviously the phoning end of the game obviously you get the fans coming in you get the interaction which is always good entertainment I've got to admit how do you keep yourself so in check when someone's going off on a rant I remember a few years ago one of the best comments I ever heard was when Karanka went. No, it was it had to be before Karanka went, and someone said, "Get Sam Allardyce in because he'll save our season." And I remember you you couldn't stop laughing on the radio, and I thought, you know what? There's, there's thousands of Borough fans doing that. So how do you keep yourself so composed when the people come out with such utter dross at times? To be quite frank, it's a good job you can't see me. That's all <laughs> I can say. Uh, no, you know what? I think you. you I, un- I understand everyone's got opinions, okay? Um, I'll, I'll take, for instance, Tav at times this season. I mean, I mean, Tav has took some stick at times this season. Whatever, whatever they think about Tav, I think Tav's a good player. I think he's a good player. I think he's got a lot to offer. I think when he's not in your side, you're, you're a weaker side. There's certain areas. He's only 23, just turned 23, by the way. And, you know, people coming on and telling me, that, you know, that he's useless. How can you say this and that? Listen, all players have poor games. And when he has had a poor game, I'll, you know, I'll probably say, listen, he hasn't been at his best today. But in all through the season, I think what fans don't see, what fans don't see with Tab is when Tab gets that ball, he's always going forward. There's very rarely just Tab play backwards. You know, he always likes to go forward. And when you're going forward, you're running into defenders, you're running into players. I think since Chris Wilder's come in, I think he's simplified his game. He's got a lot better. Um, his passing's been excellent at times. And I think he's had games where he stands out an absolute mile. And he started adding goals to his game because I think that's massively important. The phone-in's tough at times, especially when you get beat. And you, and you get people coming on and... I, I, like I said to you guys, I think everyone has an opinion, you know, of what they see. Now, I've played the game. I've took my coaching badges, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm an expert at it. All I am saying is I'd like to think that I've got a good opinion and I, I promise you this, it's always an honest opinion that I feel. And someone, if someone comes on and, and, and says something, I'll always go back. And just say my point of view. Yeah, you always see someone will say he was absolutely used to the blah blah blah. And then I'd all look at me, Paul Anderson who's ready out, and I'll <laughs> I, I put my hand up and say, I want to comment. And I'll and I'll probably comment on it. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a good job. All I can say it's a good job you can't see me at times. But uh <laughs> it can be tough, yeah. That could that could be the next Amazon documentary, then couldn't it? Might as well follow up around the country. Oh man, and, and when we go off as well, we'll have a little chat in the car about certain things as well. Yeah. Oh dear me. It is funny at times. It is funny. I got a I can remember once I had a massive Barney with a fan. And he got personal with me. Oh, it was going back a while now, a few years, well, quite a few years ago. And I thought that'll never happen again. You know, I think everyone has their um everyone has their opinion and I just I got a little bit too passionate and I thought he was wrong. Then he got personal with me and it, in the end, I mean, it went on. It, it was a proper Barney. <laughs> but I thought, oh, it was. I thought, never again. Don't get enthralled in that. You know, everyone's got an opinion and everyone's right to their opinion, but you've got to deal with it in a certain way. So I learned my lesson. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've learned doing this podcast. I've got to admit, you've... Uh... You've got to stand by your opinions. If you don't, you get absolutely crucified. And uh, yeah, I've I've said I've said a few things myself. And um, yeah, I should have said, but I've said, and it's it's done now. So, but um, you know what? Yeah. I think I, I think some I think sometimes when you've been beaten, especially you get people they're mad, uh, but they're mad because they're passionate. They're passionate about their football club and they're disappointed in certain players. They're disappointed maybe in the players in the management team you know, how they've performed and that, and they just rant off and, and they get so mad. They they get on the phone and they start texting and they text into us. I think sometimes it's pure frustration. And then sometimes I might just cool down and say, you know what, 
you think about things and it hasn't happened, but you've had your rant. I think everyone deserves a rant, you know, when you haven't got big. Everyone deserves a rant on Saturday, you know, because you've got that many fans turn up and that's just football. And, and as, as players, I'll be honest, you have to expect that. We were lucky because in my era, there wasn't social media. And, I, and I'm thankful there wasn't social media for many reasons, but uh, not just the football inside. So, yeah, so um, I think all players look on social media. I've already got Twitter. I haven't got Facebook. I haven't got Instagram. I've got Twitter, and Twitter is purely for me football. That's it. Twitter's absolute gold, though, sometimes. Some, some of the stuff you see on there, absolute gold. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, JD, how did you feel going back to, um, obviously, that first game back after COVID? Obviously, we were both at Craven Cottage. How did you feel going back first time in, so I suppose, it was 18 months? Well, it, it, it was great because um, travelling away for so many years, when you can't get to the game, there's people that you don't see. You know, you've got mates who you don't know, if that makes sense. You've got mates who you see at every away game, who you chat to, say hi you two, but you don't really, you're not, you don't know who they are. You, you, you just know that they share the same passion as you. So to see them again, um, was great and to, to be back at football and and um, you know the, the thought that life in general is is trying to get back to normal was 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 brilliant um, and and obviously that that game um, ended up one one so it was it was fairly pleasing you know the fact that we we came away with something but just to be back at football amongst Amongst your mates, amongst a crowd, all um, you know, bellowing their love for the for, for the team that they follow. It was it was it was it was great. You know, it was fantastic, and um, you know, they it was just eased all that frustration of of, of the locked in year. You know, the locked in season where we we had to uh, we had to watch it on our laptops or on our iPads or whatever, you know, and it was so frustrating. But to, to be back in the ground was, it would just normalise everything. You know what, when we were, when we did the match, there was an old couple in front of this elderly couple and they were there and then this other elderly couple came in. They hadn't seen him. They only seen him at the football games and they were sat in front of us and the way they hugged each other and kissed each other, honestly, it was brilliant to see. And these... This, honestly, these two couples were in the 70s, you know, but the only time they've seen each other was at the game because they sat next to each other. And it was lovely to see. That's what football is about. You know, it, yeah, brings, you, it brings you together, doesn't it? Yeah, that's dead, right? I mean, there's there's hundreds of lads <clears throat> I know from the football, but I don't know who they are. I don't know the names. I don't know the full names. I don't know where they live. I don't know anything about them. But I see them at the match and the mates, if you know what I mean, yeah. because yeah. We, share, we share the same passion. Well, that's it. I mean, I always call it the Borough family. You know what I mean? It's you know, we're, we're all we're all one. And yeah, being being in the middle of that away end was uh, well, it was so special on that day. It was absolutely fantastic. But um, I, mean, I think there's, there's a saying, isn't there, that's been going around for a long time: football without fans is nothing. And if one thing COVID proved. It proved exactly that. Solar stadiums. Oh. It would be nothing without the fans. So. It, you're, no, you're absolutely right. And say it, it, it proved that you know fans do make the game what it is because you obviously you, you, we've all watched games throughout this season. You know, not just Borough um, games, all over the Championship, the Premier League, Champions League games. Without that added taste of the atmosphere of the fans that, that you know that bring that aspect to it. You won't, for me, you wouldn't feel, oh my God, what a game that was, or what a, what a game that was, you know what I mean? I mean, in lockdown, we saw Villa beat Liverpool 7-2, but no one talks about it. But we'll talk about, you know, the 2-2 draws, or, you know, on a, a random Tuesday night in the Championship, because the fans all got involved in that last-minute equaliser, got half the stadium, you know, on the floor, you know, celebrating that, that, that much, and it just showed how much football meant to fans, and, you know... It, 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 it was it was a special moment seeing that you know fans going back in and no restrictions. It was yeah, it was absolutely superb. 
I'll fast forward a bit. Obviously, I'll come to November. West Brom away, Maddow. This is quite a pinnacle game in the season. Did you have any inkling that that was going to be it for Neil Warnock? I was still. I never went to that game. <laughs> I was in, yeah, Higgy took over for me because I was in hospital. I was bad as a dog. Um, I listened to it. I had no inkling whatsoever. I think I think that we always knew that he was going to leave. We always thought that he would leave at the end of the season, but I think it was the right time for him to leave. And obviously, the man that came in, Chris Wilder, was the right person to come in. Uh, as I said before, early on, I think if he had been in earlier, uh, at the beginning of the season, I think we've been in a different position altogether. I think we've been right up there Challenging, definitely playoffs and having a, having a squeak of getting into the Premier League. But um, going back to Neil Warnock, when Neil came in, you know, I think he was absolutely perfect for what we needed. You know, he got us to safety in that first season, the second season. We were just a mixed bag. Of uh, It was like you didn't know. People saying to us, well, what are you like? And we thought, well, we don't know. We don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to get some decent football? Because we did under Neil Warnock at times. Is it going to be the long balls into the channel? You know, is it the second ball type of football? We didn't know what we were going to get, but we always felt that he was going to be he was going to be moved on. And the time came, and I was as shocked as anyone when it was announced. Yeah, as I say, we, we were walking down that bank, obviously, towards um, <coughs> where we all got picked up um, in West Bromwich and... I said, JG, we were we we were walking down that bank, and we were we were we were glued to our phones because that's where obviously all the news was coming. And you know, we stood there and watched Neil and his staff wave us away, and we all thought, well, that, that that must be it. And then by the time we jumped back on that bus, it seemed Chris Wilder was just about in the job. Yeah, it was so quick, wasn't it? Yeah, and the first inkling was, like you say, after the match, um, Neil Warnock came over. Uh, was sort of ushered forward. He, 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 at, at the time, we were perplexed as to why that happened, you know, but it was his final farewell, his, his wave off to us. Um, and then, yeah, you're walking away from the ground towards your coach and your phone goes. And um, he said in the after-match press conference, you know, that that's it, he's done. And, um, and then an hour later, as the bus is driving home, you're getting all these other messages coming in saying, I've heard it's Chris Wilder, you know. And, yeah, it was just a really strange afternoon, that. Um, you know, I thought... <laughs> Neil said there, you know, he didn't have an inkling. And I sometimes get little whispers of, of people who I know within the club about things that might be happening, but there was absolutely nothing nothing about this and it was such a shock it was um as I, say, I think it was just i mean it's, it's, like you like you said man at the time the time was right obviously yeah you know he had what a while had two weeks to work with the players you know made sure he, you know he could embed his style into the squad we all know what type of team that wilder was going to bring to us you know three at the back two bombing center backs on bombing wing backs get the ball in the box as quick as you can that's the kind of football he plays, forward thinking. That's what we all saw at Sheffield United. We all saw it at Northampton, Oxford, you know, his, his team's coming through. But going back to Warner, what, you know, how how did you think, you know, well, how did you feel, I suppose? We, we started really well and our brand of football was so good at the start of the season. Obviously, we had an exciting game at Fulham. The home game back against Bristol City was good. Even though we got against, against uh, Queen's Park Rangers, the football was brilliant. You know, the games were, you know, energising. They were exciting. Then it just seemed to take a big, like, dip. And do you think that had an influence into, you know, why the board acted so quick and thought we've got to change this now to keep our season alive? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you look at that season, you're right, started off OK, a couple of results and then the dip in form, and the dip in style, we, you didn't really know what we were going to get. And I think obviously Kieran Scott coming in and, and and looking at it as well, I just think that 
the decision that was made. And, and, you know, I think it was a hard decision because I think I think the chairman and, and people around the club appreciated what he had done for us. Because I think without him coming in, I mean, we were dead and buried. You know, I, I, I worried for us. But uh, he obviously come in and, and that was it. We were saved and he was a saviour. We didn't really have, inside the football club, we didn't really have much to do with Neil Warnock because um, obviously it was COVID time. They were separate to us all and... I mean, you guys who were the fans, you got to know him more than we did. You know, he was great in the interviews and um, I think the fans warmed to him a lot. And he, and I did as well, because listening to him, he spoke, I thought he spoke all right. I mean, he was he was a type of a fan to a certain extent. And I think the fans enjoyed the way he spoke. But um, yeah, we, we, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it to happen. I was just, obviously, I was sat in the front room listening and, when it come across, I was like, wow, I didn't expect it at all. But when Chris come in, and I knew Chris um, briefly at Southampton because he was there when I was there, um, a couple of years older than me. And, and you know his track record. I just thought, you know, this is a good appointment. It was a good appointment. And at the time, it's the right appointment. And if he had done it a little bit earlier, maybe we would be in a different position now. But wasn't to be. And we look to build next season, don't we, underneath him? But I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased the decision was made. And I'm pleased we've got Chris Wilder as our manager. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a decision I've been screaming for for weeks. You know, I, I thought, if it's one manager we'd go and get, it's Wilder. I thought, go, go and get him while we could. Especially when you heard a few weeks previous to his obviously, appointment, he was on match of the day two. It was his first major appearance uh, in months, obviously, since he lost his job at Sheffield United and he's mentioned then he's, he's you know he's got the right job waiting he's just you know he's turned down a couple of others he's just you know he's, he's made the right steps and we'll all know in a couple of weeks and I just thought oh God we need to act now if we don't act now we're going to lose him but I say thankfully we did but you mentioned Kieran Scott there obviously you, you, you're in and around the club quite a lot what's, what's he like as a person you know he's, he's brought a lot of change to the football club you know, he's our first director of football in that sense, where, you know, he's, had, he's, he's, he's the football man. He makes all the footballing decisions. Obviously, he had a big influence in Warnock going while they're coming in. What's he like to um, to be around with at the club? Oh, he's excellent. Excellent. Knows his role. Um, straight to the point. No nonsense type of guy. And, you know, I, I think... I think the manager and himself work really closely together. I don't think all the signings are down to Kieran Scott. You know, they'll target certain players. They'll have a look at it. It's a, it's a togetherness. It's, you know, it's, it's not just a manager. It's everyone. What do you think about this player? They'll look at certain players and, you know, they'll make that decision together. But Kieran, yeah, he's at the forefront of it all. Totally different the way it has been. You know, that, I've been lucky enough to work with him because I look after the loan signings as well. And, you know, I've been to a few games with Kieran while the Borough haven't played and you get to hear what he's all about. Uh, very professional. And as I said before, straight to the point, straight to the point, get something done straight away if he can. You know, he doesn't muck around. He doesn't dither. He's, uh, yeah, he's a, he knows his role, you know, and, he, and, and when he sees someone, you know, he, he makes it his priority to try and get that player. Yeah, he just seen that sort of like, obviously not being, not being the stereotypical kind of person, he, he looks that kind of person, he knows how to make the tough decisions. And um, it's a, he's, he's had a massive influence on the squad as it, as it, you know, as it is. And obviously some of the signs under Warnock, you felt he had a massive influence in, like the likes of Spora coming in and Piero and Saliki, you know, players like that. Without sounding, you know, too old fat, they're not Neil Warnock signings, are they? You know, that was that was full on Kieran Scott trying to get his his uh, his mark on the squad. And, you know, did you feel that as well when them players came in? Um, I think I think they needed players to come in through the door. Um, I think Neil Neil is his own man. He likes to make them decisions, and I think the club just felt. You know, if he was going to bring players in and he was going to go at the end of the season, what if the new managers want them players? You're left, you're left with a bundle of players that you possibly might not want. So I just think that's why the decision was made. 
You know, you have to bring something fresh, something new in, someone with new ideas. Kieran has loads of ideas. And obviously the sport with Chris, they hit it off and we'll go, they'll go from there. You know, I mean, as I said before, the rebuild start has started already. It started, you know, quite a while ago. So, you know, next season is a is a big season for us as a football club because you have got some saleable assets, and I'm certain. As he said, there'll be a few that might surprise the fans. But I just think, you know, Jed Spence obviously being, obviously being one of them. I think if you cash in and, and bring the right players into the into the football club, and, and I'm certain Kieran and, and, and Chris will know them type of players that they'll want. They'll improve us. We need to improve. We need to improve, certainly. And, you know, we all know goalkeeper. It's already been said, goalkeeper is massively important. That's a that's a that's an area that they'll certainly look at defensively. I'd I'd like to see a left hand side centre half come in, left footer, you know, opposing big strong. You need them leaders in your side because I think we've lacked that for a, for quite a few seasons as well. And I'm, I know for a fact that they're the type of players that they want to bring in the club, but also with that quality. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. You were mentioned there about obviously, you know keeping an eye on the loan players. You, you know we've seen all you know the pictures you put up, but going to see the likes of um, Callum Kavanagh, but uh, Harry Gates, obviously Isaac Fletcher is out at uh, Hartlepool. You know, yeah. you could even say Jed Spence. I know we all know what's coming, but you know he was still out on loan. You know, we still, we still he was still under a development phase, I suppose. You know, he's still growing as a footballer, and the players that are coming back. <laughs> Who who are you more who who are you most excited to see come back? Obviously, following their experiences out on loan. I, I think the lads who have gone out on loan needed that experience. You know, they need to get out there and, and and play games. And it wouldn't surprise me if they go back out. I think um, they've got, there's some decent players that have been out. Obviously, Hayden Coulson's been out, but he's been injured for quite some time. Um, the likes of Fletch, who, who has got a hearty pull, he's just done his shoulder in as well. So he, he, he'll he be coming back injured. Well, I say come back, he should be fifth for pre-season. But I just think every player at the football club now, and there's not many, so there'll be a few coming in. I'm certain there'll be a few loan signings coming in. It's a real opportunity for you. You know, Joe Gibson just signed a new contract at the club. And Joe's, you know, he's, I mean, he's not the biggest, but I'll tell you what, he's got a heart of a lion and, you know, he's got real potential as well. So there's them type of players that you're looking at and you're thinking, well, if you can just force yourself in there, like as Jones has done, you know, as from Tooting and Mitchum, he went uh, Queen of the South. He went actually went to St. Johnson at first and it didn't happen for him at St. Johnson. I think he had about, literally, he played about a minute a minute in their, in their season and then came back. He wasn't happy and there was reasons for that because... As I is a town boy, you know, they put him out in the country with a family. It, it, it wasn't his sort of remit. He didn't want, he didn't feel comfortable there. He went to Queen of the South, we spoke to Alan Johnson and said, listen, keep him in the town, making sure he's by himself because that's what he likes. He did. And he absolutely flourished. And he played some unbelievable good football at Queen of the South and they loved him. He's come back, took his chance. And he's another, another player that lots of clubs are watching. You know, and and it'd be interested to sign as well. But I think we've got lots of assets at the club that you could sell. You want to keep your better players and you want to build around them. But I think it's going to be really interesting now in the next few weeks to see what happens, who goes, who stays, who comes in. We're all excited as better fans to see what happens. Absolutely. Neil. Yeah. Neil, sorry. Can I ask you? Sol Bryn, um, <clears throat> recalled from loan. Um, would it would it not be a better option for him to be getting first team football still out on loan? He, he seemed to be recalled and mm-hmm. um, uh, nothing, re- no, no progression there. Yeah, um, he got recalled because I think the manager likes to have keepers in the building, and there was only the two of them. Um, he cooked into the building. Sol did ever so well at Queen of the South as well. Uh, uh, you know, performed really well. I think he got their player of the season. Well, that they did a six months and he got their player of the season. So he performed really and he's got real potential. Zach Emmons is another one. I mean, Zach has performed unbelievably well at uh, Kilmarnock. You know, he got their player of the year. 
Um, I mean, he is a, a six foot four keeper and talk about relieving pressure from your defenders. I mean, he comes and plucks balls from out the sky. I mean, that's one of his strong points. His distribution is really good. I mean, for coming for crosses and taking the pressure off your team, I mean, he excels at. He's really good. And I think he'll be in and around the building next season. You know, whether who, whoever they bring in, they certainly need a number one. And maybe, maybe Zach Avenger as well. So, and Salt. So, I, I understand where you're coming from, but the manager, he likes to have them three keepers in the building and, and that's why he came back. And he's our player anyway. So, I think working with the first team as well, will have done in the world of good. Yeah, yeah. You also you also you also mentioned we've got saleable assets. We know that we can all probably uh, read off the names. Um, the manager said there's going to be some shocks. Who do you think they'll be? I don't know. The manager will have the manager will have you say. I think obviously you, we've had Dale Fry mentioned quite a few times. I'd like I'd I'd like to think would keep Dale. Um, I think you can build something around Dale. He's only young. I still think he's got a lot to offer. But then again, I think it all depends if someone comes in and, and puts 20 million, 25 million on the table, you know, for one of your players. You have to seriously think about it because, you know, with that money and if it's going to be reinvested, I mean, you can bring quite a few players in, you know, and decent players for this level that can, that can improve your side. So, I think there's going to be a lot of juggling around certain players. The manager will have his ideas. I'm not sure who it'll be, but saleable assets, definitely. Tab being one, Dale being another, Paddy McNair, Zach Emmons, I've just mentioned in Scotland. As I said, he's been rare reviews and I'm certainly be a few clubs after him as well. So it's going to be interesting, John. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, in the close season. So on the opposite end of that then, Maddo, <clears throat> If there was one player, if it was down to you, that you definitely would not sell and you'd build your team around, is the one you could one you one you pick yourself that you'd keep? I'd say Dale. I think your spine, I think your spine of your team has got to be has got to be good. You keep it first and foremost, your centre half, your two centre halves anyway, a hugely important, your midfielder. If it's that sitting one or the two midfielders got to have a presence, you know, you've got to have a little mix as well. And the main one up top, you know, we haven't had a centre forward that can bang 20 odd goals in a season for quite some time now. So I, I think, you know, they're the priorities. And with the seals, obviously, of Jed possibly happening, and maybe it's a couple more. The surprises, we'll have to wait and see. Only Chris knows that. Uh, we don't know it. You know, you guys, honestly, people say to me, what's happening, this and that. And I say, you know before we do. And and I'm telling you the truth. You know, you you, you as fans know before we do. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. But I, I'd like to think we could keep Dale because I just think, I don't know, I, I, I just get a feeling you keep him for the full season, he could be a... You know, just building that team around him. But there again, as I said before, someone comes in for a big offer and the money's good. You might be able to have two or three, you know, players that you could get in there and 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 still have a decent enough side to compete. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's I think that's obviously what we're all waiting for, you know, who these little surprises are gonna be. Um hopefully it's not Dale. I'm a massive fan of Dale's. Um I've been since he came in the team in 2016. I thought he was a fantastic um, presence in the squad. I thought, you know, big six-foot-odd lads coming in at the age he did and stepped straight into the squad, you know, like like it was nothing. I thought he was superb. He's just got better and better as he's got older. But you look just Sorry, Steve, but you, you look at the performances he's put in this season against Harry Kane, Ronaldo, you know, top, top strikers. Um, and he's looked, he's looked very comfortable. I mean... I must I must get pretty boring on this podcast because more often than not I'm picking him as my man because he's um he, he just has a level of consistency now at, and and that's really good I I don't want him to go no way yeah I'm, yeah, I'm the same I'm the same I just think he's a presence as you said he's still young you know, we've got some young players that have got real potential and Dill's one of them 
So six foot five, six foot six, very good in the air. And he's, you know, he's improved massively on the floor as well, you know, with that ball. So stepping out, I just think I'd love to see another centre-half, a left-sider coming alongside him, another six-foot-four centre-half that has that ability, that has that strength. And, you know, and then you're spining your team, you start looking in. You know, as fans, you start getting excited when you start seeing these players coming in. I said before, we might have to sell one or two that you you might you might not agree with, but with Dale, I'm, I'm with you. So I, I just think he's important to our to our season. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's pivotal to me, and I think he'll be, if you build around him, you, you build a fantastic spine squad. And I think, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully while he's listening, fingers crossed. But as um, before, I asked you to sum up the season, Maddo. Best part for me it wasn't even the league campaign; it was the cup campaign. You know, what did you think of our cup campaign? Obviously, we had the trips to to Mansfield, to Old Trafford, and we had obviously Spurs coming to town, Chelsea coming to town. We had a hell of a two months, didn't we, in the cup? Oh, dear me! I mean, some of the best moments will relive for a long time. You know, the man you. See, you know, I think as a player, you, you go out on the football pitch and it's always nice to turn over the top teams. I think the fans went to Manchester and I was one of them thinking we could upset these because they had their problems and they've had their problems all season. But I just felt we could get something here. We had to ride our luck in that first half because, you know, they, they Mr. Penn, Ronaldo misses the pen and they had some chances. But you do your eyes, you look, and sometimes you need that. And I don't care what anyone says. You do you do need a bit of luck at times. And, you know, we got that luck in that first half and I just thought we got better and better. And just to see the penalties going, I mean, Peltier's penalty. I mean, <laughs> when when Solomon Peltier stepped up, I've got my hands in my head and I'm thinking, I can't watch this because I just thought, no. They ain't going to score. I mean, Tabs was an unbelievable penalty. I mean, he dispatched it really good. And then, obviously, uh, Sol went up there and I thought, I wasn't confident, but he proved me wrong. I mean, he stepped up. Was, he just sat there and, as I said before, the referee was fiddling around and he was talking to the keeper and he just put it away. And then Peltier went up and I thought, ah, this is a wonderful miss. We know, we're going to struggle here. We'll miss this one. He didn't. He dispatched it top corner. Just mind, because I thought it was going to be blazed over the bar, but it just went into the roof of the net. But that moment when they missed their pen, the scenes, you, you live with that. You know, you, you remember them for a long time. And, you know, young kids that have gone to that game will be thinking, oh, what an atmosphere. What an away day that was. And then, you, and then the Tottenham game at home, I mean, that was just, I said, I've already mentioned it. I think that'll live with me for such a long time because I've never seen the Riverside that, like that in, in a long time. And I mean that in a long time. It was special. It, it gave me goosebumps. And at the end of the game, the fans, the noise, everything about it. Wow. It was, it blew me away. It did. I, I don't think I've been in a stadium with that type of passion and fans that have enjoyed a game of football as much as they did and the result that we got it, it was just incredible absolutely incredible. Yeah. I think when I think when we played uh, Chelsea I worried I worried about it because I just looked at their side and I thought you know they've got quality all over and I thought it was a step too far and it was in the end but you know what we did ourselves proud and you're right I just saw the cup the cup competitions were was special. It was really good. Yeah, that that Tottenham game was my highlight of the season. It was uh, it, it was fantastic. The the sellout, um, the game itself, the, the the finish from Josh Corbyn, picking myself up off the floor, picking others up off the floor because we were all pan on top of each other. It was absolutely superb. I mean, there's been some great uh, times this season. You know, Blackpool away. You you saw oh, you wow. saw everybody falling at your feet. And, <laughs> um, you know, QPR yeah, away, I thought we played excellently, but we only come away oh, with the point. Um, it, 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 Derby at home, because of the, 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 the sort of the build-up to the game, there have been so many great highlights, but Tottenham, for me, was absolutely superb. 
definitely one of the best mates at the Riverside. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was mine. I mean, it was what just in front course. Anything else? But uh, John, what was your highlight of the season? Obviously, that cup run we we shared together. It was a it was a hell of a two months, wasn't it? Oh, we've had some we've had some great days. Uh, obviously, Old Trafford was immense. Tottenham at home. Conte have told them, look, don't underestimate these. They came with a very very strong side, and like you, lad, said earlier, not only did we beat them, we actually deserved to beat them. So after after that, I was pretty convinced we would make the playoffs because Wilder they got them in the dressing room and he said, "Look, this is what you can do every week." I keep telling you how good you are, and you've just proved it tonight, and they proved to all of us how good they could be on the night. Um, Derby at home, fantastic. We all know what the our fans think of our chairman, and and I think that that what that result was for him. So that one meant a lot, like to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, it had a bit of a bit of needle that game, and. Um... Obviously, I won't point that. I've, I've talked about that way too much this season. So, <laughs> but um, no, it was. It's if you could sum up the season, then Maddo. Obviously, we, it's been a roller coaster. You know, ending in a little bit of disappointment, but in a way, we didn't expect to be that far. You know, being told what we were told back in October, this squad wasn't good enough. We weren't going to be that far up the table. We were mid table. What have you made of this season as a whole? I've enjoyed it. I, I must admit, I've enjoyed it. In fact, you've mentioned it there. It's been a roller course, and I think all better seasons are roller courses because we have our ups and downs. It's not just Middlesbrough. Every club has them. You know, the only ones that haven't had them, I think, are Fulham because they, by far, have had the best squad. And it's been proven that, you know, they're out-and-out winners and with Mitrovic scoring 30-odd goals. I mean, that just tells the story in, it, in itself, but... From our point of view, we've had some unbelievably good times. We've just mentioned the cup runs, you know, the performances against Derby. Uh, I, I thought one of our best performances first half against Huddersfield away, I thought we were excellent. Some of the football we played in that first half, I sat back and I couldn't believe how well we played in that game. And I was excited. But yeah, we've had our ups and downs. But in whole, you know, the disappointment at Preston, you know, that last game of the season, even though both teams won that had to win. I just wished we'd sent the fans home happy with a result. And I think, you know what, the fans would have gone, you know what, they've got the result, they've done well. It wasn't to be, but we'll look forward to next season. There was just a little bit of taste in, I think, everyone's mouth. But I just think we're all excited. You, you, you look at the assets, you look at Jed Spence certainly going to be, hopefully be sold because uh, he doesn't want to be at our football club and, you know, hopefully you get good money and you're looking to spend that money on on good players. I'm optimistic and I'm excited for the season. I'm excited because I know what he's like, winner. You've got a manager that's a winner. He won't, he won't settle for second best. And if you can just assemble a decent squad and get a good start, you know, the the, you know, the excitement starts and when the excitement starts with Middlesbrough supporters, I'll tell you what, they get right behind it as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next season massively. Yeah, definitely. JD, some of the season on your eyes. <clears throat> uh, overall, uh, it was a, obviously a, a transitional season from November, but um, for the for the six or so months that um, Wilde has been in charge, I think uh, it's it's a it's a taster of what's to come. You know, next season, really looking forward to it. Um, fans are, fans are excited. Season ticket sales are up. Uh, I, I think everybody's hopeful. You know that we can continue the the upward upward trajectory of the club. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, Wilder's got my back in. I'm mine, uh, John. Sum up the season in your eyes. Well, I think the way the way I sum up the season is how I'm looking forward to next season. I'm far more optimistic going into next season than I was at the back end of last season and the end of last season. So, so for me, we've had considering the squad we've got and the players we've got, I think we've had a, a pretty good season. And uh, and and with the manager in now, I'm very optimistic for next season. So for me, it's been a decent season to be fair. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, it's been it's been superb. Uh, one last question, Maddo, because I'll ask these two in the next couple of weeks. Who was your player of the season? Oof. Oh, I, you know what? I've got to say Johnny, Johnny Housen. I just think Johnny, 
I mean, you know what? I watched that performance against Tottenham, that first half especially. I tell you now, I, I mean, he, he rolled back the years in that game. He was absolutely unbelievable. I just sat back in amazement. And, and people don't realise he's, he's certainly through, but he's still got a change of pace. Even Saturday, in that first five or ten minutes, driving with the ball and, and, and trying to get the tempo up, he did that. But yeah, I, I thought Johnny, you know, Isaiah Jones, the emergence of Isaiah, Isaiah Jones, you know, is, is pretty special because I think he's done really well. And, and let's not forget, I, I know a few people have been saying, well, he hasn't been at it the last few games. That's what, that's what kids do. You know, he's only a young lad. He's only new into the game. You know, he's had his own spell away from at, uh, Queen of the South. He's come back. And young kids will be up and down. Their first season, it's always the same. They'll be up and down. They'll have good games and bad games. And next season, you know, he might have the same, but he's getting that experience. And I just think, you know, him him as well, he's been a real find and, and, and a real plus for us. But yeah, going back to your question, I've got to say, Johnny. Yeah, good shout, I say. We'll go through all you know, them as the weeks come, but um, I'll, I'll leave it there. I think that's uh, enough for one night. Maddo, thank you so much. Um, Hi, you're welcome, guys. For coming and chatting with us. It's been an absolute experience. Um, proper wallop of a, of a podcast. It's been great. <laughs> um, but, um, and two Johns, it's been good. Obviously, you, um, as, as always, being with us. Obviously, we'll catch up in the next couple of weeks. Do our, our players of the year, young players of the year, moments and etc. And um, people listening, you know, sending your moments, sending your your best bits, and uh, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. And uh, I, I will I will say this thing: my favourite service station. Go on, because I seen that got a favourite yeah. service station without a shadow about Leicester Forest East. No better service station than that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best part is that Mortal Services tweeted and said they're listening. I've seen it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100% Leicester policy. You know why? Because when I used to travel from Southampton up to the northeast, that used to be my halfway point. And it was a decent services, and I, I thought that's it. Every time we go to away games, we've got to stop at Leicester policies <laughs> if we're travelling down the M1. <laughs> that's, that's the one, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the one we usually stop at as well. So, um, Yes, I'll send this definitely to uh to Moto uh services said down. I look forward to that. But um no, thank you very much everyone for, for popping on for listening and uh yeah, we'll leave it there. Arriva Dirty, up the border. Up the border, lads. Look forward to next season. Nice one.